Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. Um, I'm Sarah Beth, and I'm here today with your host, James McLean, my dad. How are you doing, Sarah? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Doing fun. This is a different intro because we happen to be together today, so we decided to, to record it together. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, who did you interview? <laughs> Well, it's weird being in the same room. I'm not going to lie. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm used to being across the screen. But who did you interview lately? Well, today's interview was with Alex Dimchek. Now, Alex is a former University of Missouri SEC quarterback. He's a motivational speaker. He's an author. And he's. we really discussed what he believes is the one essential quality that youth need, adults need, all people need really to be successful. What do you think? that quality might be? Mm. Personally, I would say like drive, like a passion. That's to good. Do something. Yeah. That's, that, that's very good. But he says that the most important thing for success is integrity. Mm. That everything is to be built on integrity. So today on the show, we really dive into talking about integrity. We also talk a little bit about his new book that's coming out called The Sale which defines integrity. It's a fable about a salesman who is faced with a dilemma, a moral dilemma, which affects his integrity and what he decides to do. So I think our audience is going to enjoy it. I really like it. You're really going to love this guy. I want you to make sure you click on his links below because he's got a lot of outstanding information. And with that, let's jump into our interview with Mr. Alex Dimchak. Alex, welcome to the Gen Z Show. Thank you for agreeing to be our guest today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I've just heard great things about the show, and yeah, just just uh, really glad to be here today. Well, I do appreciate. Now, our audience heard uh, me and my guest host uh, talk a little bit and introduce you before, but they always want to hear from our guest them introduce themselves. So, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself to our Gen Z audience. Yeah, well, thank again. Thanks for having me. I, uh, man, I'm a I'm a dad of a one and a half year old named Kennedy, and I'm a, I'm a husband to my wife Erin, and so we actually just got back from the pool pool a little bit ago earlier today. But I, uh, yeah, I played I played college football at University of Missouri, and just loved that school. Graduated and um, then got into all different kinds of things. But I was working in sales for about five years. And started uh, kind of doing some speaking, consulting, book writing on the side. And um, this past December, right before Christmas, I actually had kind of built up this side hustle, I guess you could say, up to the point where I was ready to take the take the leap. And so I finally did that. I left my corporate uh, comfortable. It was an amazing company, but I but I ended up quitting to go all in on something that I feel like I was called to do. And and so we just finished quarter one uh, here a few days ago. And so I've just finish up the, fir the first three months of, of being self-employed, which is kind of crazy, but it's been, it's been a really fun ride and have just learned a lot of things along the way. And I'm just really, yeah, really excited to continue to share with different companies, businesses. Um, and then, you know, have a book coming out uh, this month, actually with John Gordon comes out April 26th uh, called the sale. And so really excited about that book. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit, but 
yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, live in live in Columbia, Missouri, and uh, I'm just a washed up washed up uh, athlete and a fan now when I go to the game. So that's all. I can't really contribute anything. I just here for the home team. That's about it. So uh, yeah, really excited to be here today. But- well, congratulations on taking the plunge. When you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, uh, if, we have, if we were able to listen to you in the future for about two years into the future, we're going to hear a lot about risk-taking and taking that plunge. And we're going to hear a lot of stories about this year, how you know how you grew and how, how you, uh, the, the, the lessons that you learned and it may be in your next book. So there you go. It, it might, it might be a book of hard knocks too. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like already in three months, I've already in some ways got a master class of certain different lessons I've been learning, but then, yeah, it's just cool to see, um, kind of the fruit of, you know, believe, I guess, you know, for your listeners, like believing in something that you feel like you're called to do and actually going all in on it. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, I worked at an amazing company. Like they just got voted yesterday as the number 14 company to work for in America. So it's an amazing company culture, Veterans United Home Loans is the name of it. And it's awesome. I have so many friends, family members even that work there. And so it's an amazing company culture. And so that's why I was hard to leave. Um, But at the end of the day, someone actually explained it like this. And maybe some of your listeners are going through similar decisions. Um, someone said, Alex, when you, whenever you make a decision, I guess Dave Ramsey originally said this, when you're making a jump from one thing to the next, you need to make sure that your boat, you, if, you're, if, if you imagine you're in a boat, when you take one leap, essentially a leap from one boat to the next, you need to make sure that they're close enough to where when you jump, you don't make a splash. Wow. And, and so uh, I had a mentor that told me that. And they said, Alex, when I look at your situation and kind of what you're doing, what you're passionate about, not only are your boats close to each other, they're actually tied up at the dock together. And now the problem is they're actually causing friction. And until you make this jump, which I think you need to do, you're going to continue to bang your head against the wall and cause friction with each other and drop the ball with your job when you're doing speaking and drop the ball in speaking when you're doing your job. And so, yeah, I, I met with about 12 different friends, family members, mentors in my life before I made the jump because I really wanted to do it the right way. I wanted to be totally wise about my decision. And, um, but it was really cool to, after talking with those 12 people, you know, John Gordon included people who are full-time speakers, people who are in the mortgage industry full-time. It was really cool to hear people in and out of the industry say, Alex, it's a no brainer. You need to try this because if you don't make this jump now, you might always look back and wonder like, man, what if, what could it, what could it have been if I would have gone all in on something? And, um, so I'm just really thankful to those people, my family members, my, my supportive wife, you know, we have a one and a half year old, so we have a mortgage payment. And so I think from the outside looking in, you could say, well, Alex, you could have uh, picked a different time to make this big, big career jump. Um, but at the same time, it's just been really cool to see that, you know, when you put yourself out there, not that I do it perfectly, but when you do put yourself out there and kind of stand for something that you feel like you believe in, it's cool to see other people maybe that buy in or, or just the, even the speaking opportunities that I've had in quarter one, just from letting people know, Hey, I'm going all in on something. And so I don't know if that's an encouragement to any of your listeners, but I just think for me, it, it's, it was kind of like I had this crutch where I had this safety net and I wanted so badly to just always keep that safety net. Um, you know, but then when finally, when I let go of that and just, you know, trusted, you know, as a person of faith, trusted in God with my future, mm-hmm. uh, it was just really cool to see how it all, has come together and um, just depending on him daily. So, well, if it's not an encouragement to anyone that's listening, it's been encouragement 
to me hearing that because when you were talking about that, I was thinking about my own journey and, and probably I let the boats have the friction against them for too long and didn't cut them uh, release, you know, quick enough. So mm. I appreciate that as much as anybody uh, does, even if the audience didn't gather it or, or some of the younger ones are like, I understand what these old people are talking about. I got it. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> Well, now this past week, I had the opportunity um, to watch the Power of Positive Summit. And there were, for those who don't, well, tell, tell them, you tell them, you were on that time, what, what the Power of Positive Summit was, because I'm going to mess it up if I, yeah, so well, then I want to hit on, on what I heard you say. Yeah, well, a little bit of backstory about the Positive Summit. So John Gordon, I think, has been doing it since about 2014. It's a free virtual event, and he brings all these amazing speakers together. And, you know, I've been watching as a, a essentially a fan for the last mm -hmm. five years of the summit. And I mean, you got people like the LA Rams coach, Sean McVay, Ed Milet, Jamie Kern Lima, um, Damian Lillard from the NBA was on there this year. So you have all these amazing speakers who are really just dynamic. And so I had just watched for years and I had the opportunity to speak this year. And it was just a true honor to, to be included in that kind of speaker lineup. And um, yeah, it's just been really cool to see just the people reaching out from that and have already, um, you know, booked a few speaking engagements from that talk. So it's been really cool just to see the fruit of that. And I think just the different messages, like each, there's a different video that's you get each day. There's about five different videos. And so I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I, I was really encouraged by all the different messages, just watching the different, different ones on there. Well, I love what you talked about. You, you really focused the first one of the first lines you said, you talked about the lie that society tells us that it is uh, that is your success, your fame, your fortune are the most important things about you. And then you spend time dispelling that. Let's unpack that, unpack that a little bit for our audience, because I know for a fact that young people today are buying into that. And they're buying into it from the place that you allude to in your presentation. They're getting it from social media. They're getting it from their peers who obviously are getting it from social media. They're doing that comparison thing. And it is a lie. So let's unpack that a little bit for our audience and, and, and see where we can go with it. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And, and to answer your question, it's so relevant. You mentioned social media. I think the average millennial is on their phone for around, for around eight hours a day. And yeah, so yeah. if you think about that, I mean, that's pretty crazy you know, even just to be connected for to that to a device for that amount of time is just insane to think about. But yeah, there is this lie that our society tells us. And I think it's it can be hidden in marketing or advertisements or media, TV, all these things, um, music, all these different things. It's like this lie that's just telling us that, like you said, the most important thing about us is the success, the fame, the fortune, the social media followers, the money I can make. And, you know, to, to really pursue those things, man, you got You have to get those things no matter what. And it doesn't matter if you're going to cut corners, if you're going to push others to the side, it doesn't matter. You have to get those things to be happy because if you don't have them, you won't be happy. And so I think we see that. I mean, you just talk about um, people who maybe even on a, just a, even an easy example, like they buy a car or they buy a house that maybe they can't really afford or shouldn't afford, but they do it anyway, because why? They want to keep up with the Joneses. And I think, um, you know, just with social media and our accessibility to other people and seeing what they have, it's like I can look at someone on social media and, you know, social media can be a tool, right? It can be a positive thing. But if I use it in a way where I'm constantly comparing my life to them 
instead of realizing and understanding the blessings that I have in my life, and I'm just spending all my time comparing my life to theirs, like that's pretty unhealthy. And a quote that I mentioned in the video that I love is comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so true because it's like all the time that I spend just, you know, fantasizing or wishing that I had some different life, you know, some, some weird fantasy, it's time that I'm taking away from, from being grateful and thankful for what I have and, and time taken away from making impact on others. And, and so, yeah, I think that's kind of the message of our book, the sale. And for mm-hmm. your listeners, you know, um, we're coming out with the book this month and, um, you know, if you've read other John Gordon books, you know, all of his books are like a fable. They're, a, they're, a, they're lessons that you learn, um, in the book. And, and so the sale, do you want me to go ahead and dive into that? Or do you have, any, do you well, I wanted to, I wanted to tag on what you just said about the social media. First off, the, the quote that you just said, thief is, uh, it, the comparison is the thief of joy. That is the second time a guest has mentioned that on this show in the last two weeks. Wow. Uh, matter of fact, the day that we're recording this, the show that was released yesterday, what, that's when it was said. Because I was quickly looking through my notes. I was like, oh, who said that? And then I was like, oh, it was Brian Halfield who had just released today. There was another thing I wanted to bring up that I don't know if you've heard. And I, and I cannot remember the book. I just got it. And I don't want to quote the name of it wrong or something. But it it tracked the fact that, that uh, youth programming programs, uh, television programs geared towards young adults, that the message in majority of them on up and for the majority of time, even shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, always the general message was do the right thing. It may have had a weird premise, a weird plot, but at the end, the end it was do the right thing. That changed mm. when the iPhone came in. Mm. Now we're seeing the shift being not do the right thing, but make yourself a star. Mm. And you can see that with even children's benign shows like iCarly, which is a, is that that's a Nickelodeon show. You know, <laughs> what was know. the whole premise of it? Was hey, I'm going to be a YouTube, I'm going to be a video star on on the internet. So social media, which has grown because of our iPhones, because of our smartphones. I don't want to make a product placement there. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to get that again. So it might help the it might help the Apple Podcast uh, numbers though if I did that. Yeah, that's no, but you're 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 so right though. And I, I read a study recently because um, this is very relevant to what you just said. The year that the iPhones came out was the same year that they saw this in, huge spike in suicides. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know the exact statistics around that. I'm sure you could look them up, but gosh, I mean, it's, it's kind of scary. It's kind of sad and scary. I mean, we could do a whole podcast just about social media, I think, but, but yeah, I think um, we get it from all angles and we have this like pressure and a little bit about my backstory. What led me to making the jump full time is last year I was uh, doing all these speaking engagements and then I was had this, you know, pretty demanding full-time job in, in sales. And I got to a point where I was doing the best I ever had done financially in all these different areas. But the, the problem was I would wake up in the morning and I started getting this racing heartbeat. Hmm. And I never, I mean, on all my years of sports, I never had any heart issues, never had any, anything related to this. And so I go to the doctor cause I was like, this is weird. And they did an EKG. They said, everything looks great. You know, I'm 29 years old and they looked on there. They said nothing, you know, no issues, but they said, what are you doing for work? And 
I said, well, and I like named all the things that I was doing. And they're like, this is most likely stress induced. They're like, you need to mm. honestly slow down. And they actually referred me to a Christian, Christian counselor. And I'd never been to a counselor before. And it was actually very, very good for me. And so I went to this counselor and what the guy told me is he pretty much said, he said, Alex, you're trying to do about five or six things really well. You need to do about two or three things really well. And when, you know, when, and one of those things is your family, you need to be there for your family and your faith and, and then your job. But right now you're trying to do all these things. You're trying to be like this Superman. You're trying to be this person who can do it all. Um, but unfortunately that's just not how we're created. We're not, we're not able to effectively in 24 hours do all these things like what you're trying to do. And so that was really good for me. And that pretty much what the doctor said is if you toned, you know, kind of scale this back for the next few weeks, it should go away. And it did. And I haven't, haven't dealt with it ever since. And so I think for me, that was an eye opener for me where I'm like, you know what? Um, I love my job here. It's comfortable. It's great. But I do feel like if I want to take a shot at this and, and take a run at this and, and pursue what I feel like God's, you know, kind of put on my heart to, to do mm -hmm. and open up some doors, I, I want to be open to that calling. And so that's, I think that was the beginning of when I said, you know what, I don't need all this extra money or all these extra, like what, it, what would it look like for me to kind of niche down into what I feel like I'm called to do. And I think, I mean, so many people, I feel like um, when I made the jump and announced on social media, I'm quitting um, this amazing company to, to start my own business and go full time. You know, I had been building the speaking business for about four years. So it wasn't just like I took a blind leap. You know, I didn't go from one boat and jump into the water and drown. You know, I had my boats, like I said earlier, closely aligned and was, you know, try to be as wise as I could about that. But at some point, even if you try to have everything in order, you have to still make that jump. And it doesn't matter if you've thought about it for a long time or you still have to make the jump at me with a wife and a kid. I still have to say I'm quitting. And that, and that mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, but yeah, it's just unbelievable to see. I think when you truly are able to take your creative energy and put it towards something that really you love, you enjoy doing, you, you get, um, encouraged by it. Um, it's just been really cool to see just the last few months, what that's looked like. Not saying that you can't have side hustles. I, I I've always had side hustles and that's great. But I feel like now I can really give to myself. So like when I'm on this podcast with you, I'm mm -hmm. locked. I'm, I'm engaged in the conversation. I'm not worrying about checking my work email or doing this other stuff because I have the bandwidth to be here with you today. So, so yeah, that's a little bit of the context of why I even decided to make that jump. Well, when you were talking about, you know, the unpacking what you were talking about in the lie and stuff um, in, in your presentation, you talked about that there is a better way than trying to focus, you know, about the most important thing in your life, being your success, being your fame, uh, you know, being these things of comparing yourself. And and you unpack that a lot in your presentation and in the new book. Tell us what you see as being the better way, because that's a foreign concept to, to maybe some youth that are listening or maybe even some parents who are listening. They're thinking, my son's the most important thing for my son, my daughter is going to be what college they go to or, you know, what job they have. So what, what is this better way? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I do want to unpack a little bit about the story of the book because I, mm -hmm. I feel like it'll help answer the question. So, yeah. Um, so the book comes out later this month and it's the story. It's a, it's a fable about a sales rep who has the chance to make the sale of a lifetime. And so to back up a little bit, you know, he's someone who works extremely hard to provide, he makes um, makes a lot of money doing what he does. He's very successful. 
And he's always had this dream in the back of his mind. Like if I could just make this really big sale at work, I would have financial freedom, financial success. I could kind of ride off into the sunset. I don't have to worry about my demanding boss, right? I could be done. And so he kind of over the years kind of creates a lot of enemies at work because he's striving to just pursue his own goals and to kind of push his others to the side. And so in the book, as you read, you'll see that he finally has the chance. He finally gets the opportunity to make the sale of a lifetime and he's in aviation sales. And so it's a very lucrative industry. And so he's about to move forward with this sale and this sale would bring him $7 million. And so, I mean, that's, I mean, that's crazy. That's from where I come from. That's a lot of money. And I don't know about you, but for me, (laughs) That's, that's a lot of money but where everybody comes from. So. <laughs> that, that's a lot of money. But um, so he has a chance to make this sale. But the only problem is to make this sale, to move forward with it, he would have to lack integrity in some pretty major ways. And for all of us, we've probably seen in the news the last few years where there's been faulty parts with airplanes. There have been planes that have gone down. I mean, there's a new documentary on Netflix about it right now called Downfall. So it's, I mean, it's a relevant thing. And so he has this opportunity. Do I... Do I move forward and make this sale knowing that some of these parts are not ready and I would be lacking integrity to do so, or do I do the right thing and tell the truth? And so um, during the course of the book, he meets this mentor named Randy who teaches him a few of these principles and laws about integrity that kind of help guide his decision. And for your listeners, I I can't tell you the ending. I can't tell you the ending of the story because my publisher would kill me. You have to go out and read the book. But you know, it is a suspenseful ending. I'll say that. And I've, I've had people reach out and say, Hey, I was crying at the end of, of your book. And that's just really cool to hear as an author. And, um, but I will say, I, you know, a lot of times I think the principles that he learns along the journey are what helps, right. helps me in discussing those. And so to answer your question, I think, you know, the, the, the core concept of the book is integrity. Mm-hmm. And I think integrity is kind of a lost art in some ways today, because, you know, whether it's the news or media or, politicians or all these different areas of life where we see people that have just major moral crises or, or downfalls, you know, they've, they've accumulated things in their life up to a point where they've achieved these pinnacles of success, but in the process, they've maybe neglected the people closest to them. Maybe there's these big secrets that they're hiding that um, just kind of come out and just are damaging to so many people. And so I think the the answer to your question is none of us are perfect, right? I'm not, you're not. But I think leaders and people who have a long-term vision of not just like, to your point, what college am I going to or what job should I do after college, but what type of person do I want to be? At, right. the, end, at the end of my life, uh, when I look back on my career, how do I want to be remembered? What type of leader do I want to be? What type of for me, what type of father do I want to be? What type of husband do I want to be? And so when you, when I'm able to ask those clarifying questions, it kind of brings a lot of clarity because it's saying, okay, yeah, I might have these struggles over here. I might have these areas, but at least I'm acknowledging that I, if I want to be this type of person, I have to then make changes in order to do that. And so I think it starts with, uh, to answer your question, a long-term mindset rather right. than a short-sighted hey, you know, in, in the book, like he wants to make this money right here, right now. And and all of us have opportunities to do the convenient thing, but it's not always the right thing. And so I think that would be my challenge to, that, to your what to your point of someone listening. I think the right way is to have this long-term mindset of saying, I'm not perfect. I never will be. But 
I can have this view of this is the type of person I want to become. And so every, each day as I strive and I work, whether it's in my job or at school or in college, um, you know, I can continue to pursue that, continue to, to build trust with other people, to set myself up to have long-term success because of the way I treat people, because of the decisions I'm making in my business and in my life. What caused you and John to want to focus on integrity as a topic of a book? That intrigues me that if you were seeing something, a, a pattern in, in society, in business, you know, what, what was prompting that? Yeah, that's a great question. And to answer your question, um, absolutely. I think we can all see it. Like I would challenge if, if any of our list, anyone listening to this podcast right now, I bet if you Googled on ESPN right now and you looked at the ESPN, you know, top headlines, I bet you could find an article that deals with an integrity issue. Hmm. You know, I, I would venture to say that. And, and, and I've even just Googled it myself just to confirm that. And it's usually true. Like, um, you know, I read one recently. It said the, the article said, um, NFL player um, kills woman after driving 156 miles per hour, um, being under the influence of alcohol. And, you know, that NFL player is now going to, you know, obviously he's um, paying for those consequences. And, you know, you just look at something like that and you think, okay, did that person, did that NFL player wake up that morning and think, you know what, I want to get in this car crash and I want to ruin someone's life. Right. I don't, I don't think he did. Now, if you looked at his, his life, not to pick on, and I'm, I'm of course not saying his name, but just in anyone in general, you know, if you look at someone's life, if you looked at the pattern of their life, I think you would see some compromises over time that maybe that person made, or maybe like little things that that person did that allowed them to make some of these big decisions. And so the reason why integrity was a focus for us is because John and, and myself as well, I've just been learning under him for the last five years and he's been mentoring me since I was 23 years old. And um, I mean, he's worked with thousands and thousands of companies and teams. And the crazy thing is, is it's so relevant between any organization. It, it doesn't matter if it's a school, if it's a team, if it's a sports team or it's a business character and in, character counts and it always right. will. And it always, and it affects the bottom line. It affects, it affects the psychological safety for people being safe in an environment. It affects, I mean, even here's a, here's a good one. The great resignation, like, right. You know, the, um, what we've seen the last two years is, you know, just the shift that we've seen. Um, people have been quitting their jobs like crazy. I saw a stat that said in the last year, 57% of people that have quit their jobs, they said that they felt disrespected by their boss. That was one of their reasons for mm -hmm. leaving. Now, that kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, man, there's been a lot of other things happening, but disrespect from their boss was 57% of the people who quit said that. And I think that just speaks to, you know, um, you know, I'm kind of an old soul. So I love like old type, you know, um, you know, wise sayings or old football coaches, you know, uh, things like that. But at the same time, when it comes to now management, managing and leading in 2022, man, a lot of I think a lot of people are behind in the sense that they're not willing to meet some of these younger generations where they're at. You know, maybe it's giving them more flexibility, being able to work from home, all these other things. But even on a deeper level, are these managers, are these leaders building trust? Right. And I think I think that's something that I've had to really to challenge people with and challenge myself like Am I being a person that is um, a trust builder or am I a trust breaker? If I'm, if I'm being truly honest with myself, I think that's a challenge for all of us. Like, 
if, if we lined you up and we and we brought up your family members, your employees, your clients, um, people that know you, and we asked them and we said, hey, what would you say about James? What would you say about, is he a trustworthy person? And what else would you have to say about him? It would just be really interesting to hear those answers. And I think it would, could be pretty humbling at times if we're really honest, like, am I a person that that I, I'm building trust by my words, my actions, my, I guess, yeah, just the way that I treat people. Have I built that trust? Because when, when you've built that trust, it kind of sets you up for this next level of long-term success that I feel like a lot of us miss out on because we haven't done step one. I think some folks are underestimating too the importance of integrity. We we've interviewed over 2,500 youth in the last uh, decade. Asked them what the biggest problems facing youth were. The biggest answer that we get, uh, no matter how it's phrased, it talks about that they struggle with their self-image. And I think a lack of integrity can have a lot to do with that because if you are constantly having to consider the the you know the lack of trustworthiness the lack of truthfulness in your life it's going to affect the way you view yourself in a major way mr ziegler said years ago he said with integrity you have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide mm. and with integrity you will do the right thing so you have no guilt um, mm. and that was kind of a foundational statement there but if they do that then they can you know feel more comfortable about themselves. Hey, I may not be successful, but I am trustworthy. I may yeah. not have gotten on the field or I've gotten this part in the play, or but I'm, I am a person of, of integrity, of character. And, and that helps build in relationships, which is the second biggest problem they say youth face is lack of ability to form effective relationships. So those are, integrity is a deeper thing than I think parents and youth really, you know, it's not just what are they, are they lying about where they were tonight or, or, you know, or what they did on the weekend. Right. And stuff. It's a deeper, uh, it's a deeper thing that, that can start a, a life of compromise that they, I don't want them to go down. Yeah. I mean, that, that was such a great quote that you just dropped there from, from Mr. Ziegler himself. Uh, gosh, I think about, you know, when you, you saw it in the positive summit. Um, I had these, these juggling balls, right. Mm -hmm. And, and something that goes, goes along with that quote. It's like, if, if you imagine, you know, for you guys listening, if you imagine you have a tennis ball and it's, you know, you you throw up this, this one tennis ball and it's imagine like that tennis ball represents maybe just a white lie you tell someone. And so as you throw that up, it's, it's pretty easy, right? It's pretty easy to maintain one juggling ball, but then as life gets busier, you add more things as you go. So then you grab two balls, right? And you start throwing them up in the air and, and it's pretty hard to, you know, get, it's still, you can still manage it, but it's, it gets harder. And then as life goes on, you get busier, you get more crafty maybe with your line, or you get more kind of like you said, you have kind of this culture of compromise. You start compromising other areas of your life. So then now you have three that you're juggling in the air. And as I, as you saw in the positive summit video, I finally grab a fourth one. So I have, you know, two in each hand and, and, and the demonstration is, you know, I start juggling four and at some point I can no longer juggle them. You know, I, I, I can juggle them for a few seconds, but after a while, everything comes crashing down. And I think the quote you just shared is so relevant to what we're talking about because yeah, when you do lack integrity, whether it's a lie or a business dealing or something at school, you're cheating on a test, whatever you do have to, and you do have to then think about, okay, what did I tell this person? Okay. Does that line up with what I told this person? And, and really you're not only creating more work for yourself, 
but you're requiring maintenance. You have to maintain your thoughts. You have to maintain relationships. But the reality is that the telling the truth, living in the truth requires no maintenance. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is when, when I think about this message in this book and just sharing this with companies or teams, or it's like truly living these principles now, now frees you to live to where you can, yeah, not you're, you're more effective. You're, you're, you, you're able to sleep better at night. And again, no one is perfect, but yeah. you, you, you're able to sleep better at night because you, you, you've been honest, you've been transparent, you've been truthful. And so I talk all the time. I just, you know, I, talk to people who have just held on to things for years and they just haven't been able to let go of them, whether it's a secret or something that people have um, hurt, ways they've hurt them or they haven't been able to forgive them or they haven't been able to release it. And man, it's just the breakthrough you see when people finally are able to kind of bring things to the light. It's pretty amazing. So yeah, that'd be my encouragement to someone listening. Who's like, man, I just have this thing that like, yeah, I'm going to my grave with this thing, but I, I would encourage you like uh, however deep that is, to unpack it and to find people that can help you with it um, because you will find freedom in those areas. So we got, we got an adult listening. They're working with youth. Maybe they're a parent that's listening and they're like, Hey, I'm buying in this with you. I'm, I'm right there on board with you, but I need some help. How, what are some steps for me to help do this? Uh, so I'm going to throw a hard one out there because it's always hard to give some, some steps to do this. Where do we start? How can we teach this in, in the in the younger generations? That's a great question. So I was at uh, one of my first times ever speaking on this message was to a group of eight people. And it was, it was my, I had a family friend named Brad who invited me to this meeting and it was eight CEOs. It was a CEO roundtable. And I remember I didn't know anything about it. I just walked into the room and I remember seeing some of the people. I'm like, holy smokes, I know who that person is. I know who that, you know, I did. I very much did not feel like I should even be in the room, um, but I was just honored that he invited me to speak. And um, anyway, I, I get up, I, I give this presentation and um, it went really well. And um, afterwards, one of the CEOs, he says, Alex, they're kind of giving me feedback. They said, Alex, what's more important, uh, talking about integrity or living it? And I paused for a second and I said, both, because I said, the reality is a lot of times I think leaders don't talk about it because it's kind of like this taboo topic because they know that they've messed up in the past or they don't feel qualified to speak on it. But at the same rate, you have leaders who all they do is talk about it, but then everyone behind their back is like, yeah, that dude's fake, you know, or yeah, I can't trust him. Right. And so you have both sides. And so I think the most effective leaders, they're obviously walking the talk, right? Um, and they are, they're obviously their actions. Like you hear the quote that says, um, your actions speak so loudly. I can barely hear what you're saying. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, show me your actions and then I'll believe you. And so a big part of that is living it. And so I think if I'm speaking to a, a youth leader who you just mentioned, I think before there's ever these rules of like, Hey kids, you need to do this. It's like, well, wait, how have you shown them in your life that you're living that too? Right. Because, I mean, these kids are smart. Yeah, they're they they're on their cell phones and they're all doing TikTok or whatever. But, man, these kids, they can see right through. They're they're transparent, just like we are. And um, I just think that's the best encouragement I could give, because after I gave that talk to those eight CEOs, one of them, he owned a car dealership. And he said, he said, Alex, I really hope that you continue to share this message all over the country, because he said what you just shared like we just had a massive integrity issue at our dealership last month where we had this employee that was doing stuff. And 
And so he's like, this is relevant in any industry. And that was such an encouragement to me as my first time sharing it. It's like any, every organization, every age level will deal with this. And so I think the first thing to answer your question fully is you have to live it first. Because if you're a person who's saying, hey, we've all had, we've all had coaches, we've all had teachers, we've all had leaders who they're kind of telling us what to do, but then you find out, oh, wow, they weren't even living it. Right. And so I think that's the first thing. There has to be this transparency and you have to be authentic. Like you have to be authentic. And, and, and here's why I want you to do these things. It's because I want what's best for you. And here's, here's the ways I've messed up in the past. You know, I got lunch with two business owners yesterday and um, she was giving me some advice and it was really good advice. And she said, here's why I'm giving you the advice because I've messed up in this area time and time again. And I want to tell you now at your age, so you don't have to go through that. And I really respected that she said that. She didn't say, hey, Alex, I've, I've amassed all this success. I, uh, this is why you should listen to me. But this, like literally yesterday, she said, I'm telling you this because I've made all these mistakes. And, and here's how I think you can you know, approach this in your business. And that was super helpful. And guess what? My guard goes down. I listen to what she's saying because she's saying, I've messed up. I made these mistakes. Here's, what, here's how you can learn from my mistakes. And that's the thing is people can't argue with your experience, right? Like if you tell someone right. a statistic or, or a rule or a law, they could be like, oh, I don't agree with that. But if you say, this is my story, this is what I've been through. Um, here's what I've experienced. No one, I can't go to you and say, now you didn't experience that. Like, I can't say that because it's your experience. And so I think that's another encouragement for people is, are you sharing enough of yourself in these rules that you're, or whatever the situation is, you know, it's like, are you being transparent and authentic yourself? Because people will see through that pretty darn easily, especially these kids. I really love what you said there in time, the two major ways people want to uh, approach bestowing integrity on emerging on younger generations is one. Some folks say, Hey, if I live it, they'll see it. Or if I talk about it, they'll hear it, but it has to be that combination of both. Mm. You can't be shy about those. I remember someone when they were talking about, uh, have you, have you shared your faith with someone? And they were like, well, I'm never verbal about it, but the people around me know it. And then they related to them the story of someone who, who thought their neighbors knew about who they were and what they were about with their faith. And the, and the neighbor called him over one day and said, Hey, there's something different about you. Can I ask you a question about you? And they were like, Oh my gosh, yes. You know, my lifestyle is leading them and they're going to ask me something. And the neighbor asked him, are, are you a vegetarian? And he was like, <laughs> So there has to be not only the life of it, but there has to be, you have to share it as well. And integrity is the same way. You have to be able so to share good. it so they don't miss the point. That is uh, so good. I mean, so true. And it's, uh, you can apply that to so many areas of, of life. So that, that was a perfect example. So, all right. Parents have got an idea now. Adults have got an idea. How about the youth that are listening? The younger person that's listening and saying, hey man, that's real easy for you old people to talk about or people who are out of school. But I, I, I got to deal with reality here. I, I got a test that, you know, I'm not prepared for. I got notes over here that, that, you know, I'm not supposed to be using this resource for. You know, these are real life things that I face. Nobody's going to know what's in it for me and how do I start? Great question. Here's what I would say to that. You know, having been in, in the SEC for football and, you know, I was a, a walk-on quarterback being around some amazing athletes, a lot of a good amount of my friends are now in the NFL, you know, playing years later. What I would say is 
some of the best talent that I ever saw walk through those doors, you know, I mean, specimen of an athlete, you know, you look at, you look at these athletes, some of these guys, and you say, that guy is headed straight to the NFL, straight to the NFL. And some of these guys that I would tell you about, they're not, they're not playing the NFL. Is it because of their athletic ability? Nope. It's because of character issues. It's because of character things that they made decisions Mm -hmm. that negatively impacted themselves, their draft stock, um, their future. And so whether your listeners are football players or not, it doesn't matter. The decisions you make now are 100% impacting your future. The things that you put on social media now, I mean, that's what employers now look for. That's what these uh, people who, you know, recruiter, that's what they're looking at is your social media. And so for a kid, yeah, they can say, oh, you know, I'm not going to worry about this until later. But what I would challenge you as a, as a student or an athlete with is what are you doing now to set this groundwork for a, a, a successful future? I had a, a high schooler that sent me a DM on Instagram and said, you know, he saw me speak. And so he reached out and said, Hey, uh, my older brother went to, went off to college and became an alcoholic and I'm going to school next year off to college. Like, I don't want to follow that, that path. Well, what's your best advice? And I said, Hey, like, man, thanks for asking that question. Like, first off, that's a really insightful question. Number two, I said, you need to make the decision on the type of person you want to become before you ever step foot on campus. Because when you step foot on that campus, there's going to be things that are going to be thrown at you that you've maybe never even seen before, you've never encountered before. So you need to make this decision now. Like, who do you want to become? What type Mm -hmm. of person? So years from now, when you look back at this moment, you're proud of it and you're not shameful. And so I think I would say the same thing to any student. It's like, know what you not only want, but what you stand for, what you allow in your life, because that allows you to have this long-term vision. And, and know where you're headed rather than just saying, uh, you know what, I'm going to just wish away this time and I'll, I'll, I'll figure out that stuff later. You know, I think it's these small little habits that can kind of creep up on us that then we look back and all of a sudden this small habit has now turned into this massive thing. Good, bad, good habits are bad. And so my encouragement to a younger generation, um, you know, I'm a millennial, but even younger than me, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, all mm-hmm. these other generations would just be when you look at your life and your habits, are you creating a strong foundation that when storms come in your life and things get tough, you have this really strong foundation or do you have these habits and and principles in your life that are pretty shallow? And so when things get tough, man, you just give in. And so that's how, that's how I would encourage them. What are the habits and principles in your life that guide you on what you want to accomplish? And a lot of these topics and even a more in depth of, of some of the principles that, that you guys are talking about are in your book, The Sale, correct? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's going to be released soon. So how can our audience find out more about that? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, the, the principles you can find in the book, I think, are relevant to anyone. And so there's a few different principles. Um, as you can see there, thesalebook.com is where you can find the book. You can actually pre-order it now. And uh, this is launch week, so it's coming out now. And so we're so excited about this. And um, yeah, you can, you know, a lot of people reach out to us on there to come in and speak and work with their team, their high school. You know, we speak mm-hmm. all over the country on, on these topics and leadership and, and professional development. So yeah, thesalebook.com is a great resource. And then my, my personal website is alexspeaking.com. And that's my personal speaking website. 
And then I also um, help people write, edit, and publish their books as well, which is writemybooks.com, where I help oh, people, fine. yeah, help people publish their books um, as well. And so, yeah, I'm just super excited about this work and really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for, for, your, for you to read the book and your listeners as well. And now for our listeners, for those who are listening and you obviously can't see the links that we're talking about right now on the screen, if you'll look in the description in the podcast, we'll have those links in the show notes there. And for those of you who are on YouTube, if you'll look down, I'm going to point down. If you look down, you'll see in the show notes as well links and you'll, you, they're hyperlinked. So you can click right on over to it as well. And this book, if it's like most of the Fable books, is going to be a very quick and easy read for folks because they're, they're typically, you know, 45 minutes, two hour reads. Is that is that a good assessment? I have not seen it. I just know yeah, I just know yeah. I can look behind you and see the training camp and a lot of books that I have from him. That's yeah. Yeah, it'll be on the shelf soon. But yeah, I would say you have to be a pretty quick reader to get it in 45 minutes. But to answer your question, absolutely. We wrote we wrote this book. Um, with the reader in mind, knowing that people are busy, but this is an impactful message that, you know, um, is easy to read, but it's actually fun. And then at the end, suspenseful as well, which we're really excited about. 45 minutes I got uh, last week from talking to Jimmy Page because he said his book, uh, uh, one word that he had written with John Gordon, he said, oh, you can read it about 45 minutes. And so that's stuck with me. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great book as well. So Alex, thank you so much. Uh, for being our guest today. We've unpacked some things that I really hope that our audience can focus on and really kind of concentrate on one of those key character things of integrity, of understanding its significance. Because as you begin to talk, I begin to think, you know, the three major issues that we see youth dealing with, self-image relationships and their focus in life and goals, all of those are going to collapse if they don't have a real good foundation on this. So this is a foundation, foundational principle that you guys are looking at. So I'm excited about this. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And yeah, we really, yeah, we wouldn't have spent time writing the book if we didn't think it truly can make an impact on people's lives and teams and organizations. And so, yeah, I'm so excited to, uh, to launch this book out into the world and, and share the message all over the place. So yeah, thank you so much for having us on and, and yeah, can't wait for you to hear what you think of the book once you have time to read it. Well, thank you for again for being our guest. And, and to our guest, uh, thank you for sticking with us through the show. Someone that you know needs to hear this message today, needs to hear this episode. So please like and share and comment on this, no matter where you listen to your podcast or if you're watching on YouTube. Please share it, and we'll see you again next week on the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us too on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.